Very few things are more deadly than an assassin. This is because an assassin is a killer hidden in plain sight. Sometimes the death is instantaneous, like a high-profile assassination. Or it can be a slow poisoning over time that deteriorates the body until it cannot fight back. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and foes, I present to you one of the deadliest adversaries you will ever face. An adversary you have been facing much longer than you can imagine. I present to you modernity. If you want to hear the anti-modern thesis, search for episode 3. But if you don't think you have the time, another tenet of modernity might I add, then feel free to carry on. You're a smart crowd. After all, you made it this far. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Anti-Modern. I am here with Dr. Bob Osborne of the Wilberforce of Wilberforce International. Uh, welcome, Dr. Osborne. It's so good to be here with you, Mwanza. Yes. So tell us a bit about you and the Wilberforce, uh, Wilberforce International. Yes, Wilberforce International Institute was founded 12 years ago. We're so glad that we can use the, uh, the legacy of William Wilberforce, mm -hmm. whom you are very well aware of. Yes. Um, the vision for this grew out of uh, 30 years at that point, almost 30 years of international student ministry and, and seeing that while we could bring many international students to faith in Christ, it was not evident to me that we were helping them to apply a biblical worldview mm. to solving problems in their home societies. And so we would hear stories of students who would go home with real personal faith but uh, they would be driving big cars and, and uh, they had big paying jobs. I didn't look at all like, uh, other than having a nice, comfortable church life, that they were having any impact in making their society more mm. Christ-like. Mm. And that troubled me. It's always troubled me a lot. And so when I founded the organization 12 years ago, we, we actually decided that we needed to change that. And mm. so we began to recruit some students who, who had this vision, who wanted to make a difference back home. We started with a student from Northeast India, whom we met at the University of Minnesota. Mm. And uh, he today now has uh, a private Christian school that he's developed as his redemptive project in Northeast India and, and training his students, uh, not only on the subjects that all schools deal with, but also teaching them Christian worldview. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. You you mentioned worldview. Worldview is something we're really big on uh, yeah. with 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 anti-modern. Um, but how how would you describe worldview and why is it so important? Yes, when I offer a definition about worldview, is that there are so many good definitions out there. But the one that I like is a worldview is a big story about reality based on deep assumptions that tells you how to live and what to worship. Mm. And that really seems to me that that captures the essence of it. Four parts, a big story, deep assumptions, an ethical plan for everybody's life and and uh, a focus of worship. That is the ultimate thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, I have I have found um, with working with the African Christian University um, in the education sphere um, that education was supposed to fill a void 
um, yes. or to help us comprehend worship, to set the boundaries of worship. Mm -hmm. With education, we are able to look at creation mm -hmm. and realize what we can use, mm -hmm. what we can discard, and what we can worship. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, education has sort of, uh, it's been unhinged. Now, yes. now it has been made the be all and and end all. It's our savior. Yes, um, and and this this is definitely one of the tenets of of modernity. Um, it is. There's a talk that you had given at the African Christian University recently about this same this same issue, and you 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 mentioned three three uh, three things. There's uh, pre-modern shamanism, uh, the the modern state. And postmodernity. Exactly. Yes. With uh, the, so, I, I wanted us to start off talking about the the modern state, and then we can work our way backwards towards pre-modern uh, pre-modern shamanism and everything that involved it, it involves. So, when you say the, pre, the 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 modern state, what 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 do you have what do you have in mind? Yeah. So I have in mind several things. I have in mind the the institutions of the state. What's significant about these institutions is that they, they claim at some level or another to be comprehensive institutions that will assure us of human flourishing. That's the premise. Now, that premise goes back to something that took place in the, largely in the 17th century when some of Europe's brightest thinkers said, you know what? We don't need the hypothesis of God anymore. Mm -hmm. We just simply need our human rationality and the ability to conduct unfettered science and scientific research. We can find the answers to human problems. We can design solutions and we'll all live a wonderful and good life. Mm -hmm. That uh, is not only the essence of the modern state, but I'll also, as you know, I also suggest if that is a fatal delusion. Yeah, yeah. And you had mentioned in your talk that uh, part elements of the modern state is that certain things have been replaced by others. You mentioned how the the politician, the scientist, yeah. has replaced the pastor right. uh, in terms of this this moral compass, this this person that we look to right. for guidance, and how education has also replaced the church. And I see this. I see this heavily at play, especially in in Zambia, where um, people would now look to um, what the education system provides in terms of civic education, right. in yeah. terms of religious education, yes. rather than what the church provides. And so parents would be also willing to take their children below the age of ten to church for Sunday school and all oh, of yeah. that stuff. But then when they cross over eleven, nope, you can you can stay home and do all these things. But but. You need to go to school. You need to make sure you know your civic education. You need to make sure you know your religious education because this is what you really need in order to become a well, member of society. That's right. And, and what the modern state has done very effectively, very effectively, is they've set up a system of certification yes. saying that you have to be certified. You have to have a high school diploma. You have to ideally get a college degree of some kind in order to be able to enter into the highest realms of of public life where you can have a good income. Yeah. People want a good income for their children. It's understandable. But uh, what's happened in part in that whole process is these institutions have been sheared away from their original foundations. The idea originally was how can we love and serve our neighbors mm. so that they can flourish? That was the Christian vision. Yes. 
But, you know, between the failures of the church itself, mm. and those are real failures, yeah. we have to admit, yeah. and the ability to get the levers of certification, uh, you can understand why people uh, sort of bow the knee then to the state. Yeah. And it becomes the golden cow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this this is what we see in the state producing all sorts of licenses for all sorts of things oh, in yes. order to certify that you can you can do this or, or, or you can do that and it looks it looks well-meaning it looks honest yeah. to say uh now the church is now the state is the one that certifies uh teachers now now yeah. the state is the one that certifies uh whether you know your your house can be Right. Uh, it, uh, is, is, is up to code or up to standard, but instead it creates this system of control <laughs> Indeed, that, that makes you think what you need is not the protection from on high. God, right. God is completely separated That's from right. this. No, what you need is you need some bureaucrat, some government entity to say to this you. guy, yeah. <laughs> this guy can teach your children. <laughs> or this house is up to standard, or or anything else. That you, we have detached ourselves from the systems that once upon a time, um, yeah. not once upon a time like the pre like the past was better. But let me let me phrase it as we've detached ourselves from the system that God has put in place yeah. for our shelter and uh, and our protection. No, I would have to say, uh, and I'm going to offer a sort of a, a little apology yeah. for the modern state mm. when you have multi-religious. Uh, states yeah. and most modern states uh, encompass multi-religions. Mm. You really have a challenge, yeah. and uh, the multi-religious framework was one that John Locke envisioned at some level yeah. uh, back uh, several centuries ago. But you have a challenge: who is going to sort of set up some sort of ideally universal standard? Yeah. So. I think th I'm very concerned, as you know, about the modern state. But I will say. Yeah in its partial defense, that in multi-religious states, we haven't really figured out a better way yeah. to uh, deal with the reality. Yeah. So what I suggest, instead of rather than uh, wishing for, and I know you're not advocating this at all, yeah. wishing for the end of the modern state, yeah. it's the ability to control it and yes. bridle it. Yes. And let it do it what it does best, yeah. but keep it from... Uh, trying in any way to yeah. get us to become its subjects. Exactly. Because we're not designed to be its subjects. Exactly. We're designed to be God's subjects. Exactly. The, the, this would, this would bring, us, bring us to what Paul was trying to address in the book of Romans. He starts off with Romans 1, yeah. thinking themselves wise. Romans 1.20, they yeah. became fools yeah. and exchanged the glory of God for images shaped, shaped like man. And that leads us to uh, what should be the ideal in Romans 13, right. which is a government that punishes evil and rewards good that's right in which case we're saying evil by what standard yeah. good by what standard yeah, yeah. and yeah. it has to be the standard that is set forth in the scriptures because god is ultimately all good that's right yes and christians and ideally in democratic systems christians can yes. introduce their voices and make their voices heard so yeah. that the standards are yeah god's standards yeah that way because it, it we cannot have a um a libertarian point of view, which is no, no government. No. I am a law unto myself. That is not how God made the world. No, it's not. Yeah. Instead, it should be that the, the, the government is God's deacon. Yes. To promote good as God says it, to bring about flourishing. Yeah. Uh, we had discussed this previously, even before we began recording, but um, the idea, it was a fringe topic, but uh, yeah. 
this idea of subsistence farming oh yes which is just like i'm producing for myself and it ends there that's 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 at, at its core libertarianism it's it's this yeah. i'm a law unto myself instead yeah. what god promotes is this um commercial if you will it is that i am here to produce and be fruitful so that i'm exactly. providing for my friends my family my neighbors so we can love our neighbors exactly and by the way i'm reading a wonderful book right now about uh, by gene veith about luther's idea of vocation and it turns out that luther had a much richer idea of vocation actually than yeah. calvin did in this yeah. regard and he he says repeatedly that your calling whatever it is is, is to serve and love your neighbor yeah. that's that's how you do it. Yeah. And and uh, I've been saying for quite some time the same thing, and only now discovering that Luther said this uh, yeah. almost five, well, five, five centuries years ago. ago. Yeah. He was saying this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, that, that idea that, that we produce more than we need so that we can love our neighbors. Yeah. This is a privilege to love our yeah. neighbors. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I wanted to also dive into this pre-modern shaman. So we, we, have, we have discussed... Uh, the the modern state and all that it uh, provides and professes to provide. Right. Um, but uh, I, when you were speaking of the pre-modern uh, pre-modern uh, shaman, uh, which we in the African context would call the witch doctor, if yeah, you will. That's right. um, th this one it, it it was quite the eye opener for me in that um, um, it speaks to something that is heavily inculcated in the African psyche. And, yeah. uh, and culture. Could you explain a bit what, sure. what, what did you mean by that? So what I meant by this was that the the idea of the shaman or the witch doctor, as you point out, is more customarily known here in Africa, is someone who gives you access to power, spiritual power, that accomplishes goals that you want to accomplish. You either want to be blessed, maybe you want to get more money, or you want to have more children, or you want your neighbor to be harmed because you think your neighbor's succeeding at your expense, something like that. So you contact the witch doctors, you pay them money, and then they uh, make efforts. Some are fake efforts, some are real efforts to contact spirits. And uh, some of those spirits are real, some aren't. But the point is that that's how you manipulate reality so that it serves your interest. So... Um, what has happened now is that government officials have taken the role of, of witch doctors and shamans. Yeah. And so now you pay them money in via, via bribes yeah. and, and other sort of inducements, as one uh, government official yeah. tried to make me pay at the uh, airport in Douala the other day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he, a little induced, he said. <laughs> he got money. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, uh, the, to induce them to to give you something that you want, yeah. Because otherwise, they may take forever to get it done, yeah. and they might never do it for you. Yeah, yeah. And and so it it, it creates a system whereby you have uh, they give you access. They give you access. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to I, something that you really want badly. Exactly. And they know they've got the keys to it. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it. So they become the modern day priesthood. That's right. <laughs> they, they are the ones who we need to go to them, and they are the ones who, who give us. That's uh, exactly right. I like the way you put that, yeah. modern-day priesthood. Yeah. Whereas God designed reality to be that there's only one priest, yes. the, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's done one great act of yeah. substitution so we can have access yeah. Yeah. to reality as it 
as it really is. Yeah. So previously we would have had the witch doctor who is our conduit. He is yeah. the he is our priest. He's the yeah. he's the, the 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 way in which we get all of these things done. He he he, <laughs> he is the one who blesses us and That's he right. is the one who curses our enemies. <laughs> but now the we have placed in that stead politicians, bureaucrats exactly. and all of these things because they are the the embodiment of all of this and it would yeah. be it would be you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who would actually verbalize this like i view <laughs> someone who would admit i view the politician as the modern day witch doctor yeah yeah but, and and that's where worldview comes in that's right because worldview is not exactly you, it's not something you can you can frame and say this is exactly what i'm doing Precisely. but this is literally how you view the world worldviews as we talked about function partly on the basis of deep assumptions and those deep assumptions are rarely ever uh, explicated. They're rarely uh, ever made explicit. So it's those very subtle assumptions that we carry, and in this context, carrying from the pre-modern context and then importing it into the modern yeah. context. Yeah. Uh, but it becomes a real dynamic uh, uh, and devilish dynamic when the two come together. Yeah, yeah. And so... All of this with 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 the with 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 the pre-modern shaman, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, these 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 politicians that enable us to actually live life. Yeah. Uh, they are the one, they they literally are the conduit. Um, how we we discuss this quite quite often uh, in in, uh, in the podcast, but the way to get out of this out of this framework is through a biblical worldview whereby um, not only are we not, let's say if I'm the politician or I'm the scientist, not only am I trying to avoid uh, becoming the standard, That's right. <laughs> but I'm pointing them to the standard. To the standard. To the standard right. who, is, who, is, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, and that, that really is why um, it is important to, to tackle this issue of worldview. Because as you had said earlier right. on, we have so many young people being churned out of universities year by year, getting good jobs, um, starting families, and yet the impact on their surrounding, on their neighborhoods, on their cities, That's on right. their nations for Christ That's right. is negligible. Negligible. <laughs> yeah. Negligible. Yeah. And you wonder what's going wrong here. Yeah, and, and, and that's because they are unable to get out of the framework whereby... My neighbor is blessed through the politician, yeah. not through my action, not, not through the covenant community in, in which we have That's been right. placed. But That's no, right. we need to get the politicians to do their job That's so yeah. that... <laughs> hey, we've just bought into yeah. those assumptions. So that someone loves our enough. neighbor. Yeah. Right. Start, and that means we no longer have to actively love our neighbors. Yeah. What, a, what a tragic thing that we have gotten ourselves in this pickle yeah. where where we can't really articulate this and use this language of loving our neighbors. Mm. We really can't do it yeah. easily. It's hard. Yeah. And yet it's, it's the most fundamental thing yeah. other than the reality of loving God yeah. with our, all of our being. Yeah. And, and the inverse is true as well in that if, if the politicians are the means of blessing, yeah. then they in turn are also the means of cursing. That's right. In which case now we turn, we weaponize them 
<laughs> That's a good <laughs> word. Against our enemies. Weaponized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and they are all too keen to be weaponized. They are. Because they are in the perfect position to carry out uh, all of these things. And so whether it's through money, through favors, or through bribes. Yes. Uh, and they love the power that comes with us. Exactly. Uh, again, power is so implicit in these kinds of pre-modern shamanistic or witch doctor systems. Yeah. And that just transfers right over to yeah. the power that the politicians crave. Yeah. And the more power they get, the more it appears to me they crave. Yeah. Yeah. Crave this reality. Yeah. Um, and, and so to, to get out of this mess, my, my, my thinking, at least, and this is what I, I think the scripture teaches, um, is, to, is, is to realize that the, the one true priest is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the one who enables love for neighbor to be what it needs to be in order for us to get where we want to go. That's right. Yeah. And so um, the mediator between my neighbor and I is not the almighty state. It is the almighty God. Yeah. And so we need him. Um, and to close it off, um, the biblical worldview really cannot be detached from... Um, the teaching of the word of God, the reading of the word of God and, and, and right. seeing how we can apply it in everyday life. Uh, but this is something that I have seen is quite, is quite lacking. Um, whether it is consistent reading of the word of God, like daily reading right. of the word right. of God, um, praying through the word, asking God to, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll go for a tangent here, but yeah. <laughs> um, in the same way, we we're talking about this previously with uh, the the neo Pentecostal movement, yes. where um, um, the, the 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 leaders of the neo Pentecostal movement are basically shamans. They they are, they, they are the modern day witch doctor, sort of a Christianized yes, shaman, blessing and cursing. Um, and we can also get into that mindset, except we try to use the Bible to say the Bible now becomes this thing that blesses us and cuts our enemies. <laughs> so it is it is those people there are wrong right those people have done the bad things and so now we're using the bible to cut them so it's the sword of the spirit but it's the sword against them it's used yeah. not to, <laughs> not to address cut yes. inside us as yeah. it says in hebrews no it, it should cut them <laughs> uh and so even in in this discussion it could be very easy for us to make it all about how those people are doing these things that's right are using the government are using yeah, yeah but um a rejection of modernity has to be start about it has to start here it does matthew 7 speaks of the log in your eye before you're addressing the speck in that's someone's right. eye and so um it is important for us to be really grounded in the word yeah. because the word is what cuts through bone and marrow exactly <laughs> and, and addresses the sin in our lives to get us to see the actual problems that are there in, um, in, in and around us. Yeah, we have to do that. Yeah. You know, I've had to, I'm still doing it. You know, I, it's been late in life that I fully came to understand these realities. I mean, I was well into my fifties, I think before it was, the picture got particularly clear on these issues or at least upper forties. So I find that I quite frequently have to repent in subtle ways about some of the temptations in this regard. And so I'm still learning at yeah. age 71 how to love my neighbors. Mm. Uh, and um, that starts with my own family. Yeah. 
then it extends out into the physical neighborhood yeah. I'm part of, the people that I impact through the work I do, and then other spheres of, of influence yeah. that I'm called to love and serve my neighbors. Yeah. And I still find that I would rather have a comfortable, easy, secure life with little challenge. That, that would still be a nice, nice, comfortable way, and America makes that possible. Mm. Mm. Not many parts of the world does that, yeah. but America does. So it's a, it's a very real temptation that I admit I I'm, I'm, have to face regularly yeah. and repent of. Yeah. So to close it off, how, how, would, how would you say we should address this, this worldview, this idea where we turn either the state or politicians into... Basically, a modern-day shaman or witch yeah, doctor. Yeah. How do we get out of this? How do we spiral? get out of it? Yeah. Well, I think obviously, along with repentance, which is fundamental to the whole thing, I suggested in some of my talks uh, that there are several things we we need to start really thinking seriously about. We need to. But before you get into that, when you say repentance, what do you mean? So repentance. By then, I mean actually specifically telling God. I am guilty of this kind of sin of, mm. of somehow making an idol yeah. in some way of the state yeah. or of modernity. Yeah. And that is not, my worship should yeah. be only of the true and living God because those who trust in idols, the scripture says, will become like them. Yeah. And I certainly don't want to become like the state yeah. because it's never been pretty in yeah. my, my experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then the things that we can do. You... So the things that we can do, I think, uh, one is we need to ever we need to focus more on discipleship as a central proposition in our churches, so that we have people who are more tenderized to and more aware of the need to repent. Mm -hmm. So they are more clearly focused, not on being the subjects of the state, but mm -hmm. on being subjects of the living God. Yeah, and they're going to be less prone to corruption more prone to integrity. Yeah. Uh, another thing we want to be doing, I think, is helping our churches to catch the vision that they are really designed, as I think Ephesians 3.10 teaches, they're designed to be models to the rest of the society. Yeah. The rest of the society needs to be able to look and say, the way those churches function gives me hope that our whole society could be reformed mm. or transformed in a better way. Mm. Thirdly, I think a greater and more widespread teaching of Christian worldview, which I think is one of the obvious effects of what ACU is doing. Mm. Uh, fourthly, a uh, real key, I think, is developing, and now not every individual can do all these things. Mm. I don't even want to suggest that in any way. Pick out one or two of yeah. these. This, this, this is why God made us as the body of Christ. That's right. That's <laughs> that, right. We that, don't all have the same yeah, set of The guys. left hand is not the right. The eye is not the ear. <laughs> but there are people who may be listening together. to this who have relatives or they themselves might be involved in pretty high, high performance sectors mm. such as banking or maybe the law, for example, yeah. or something like that or medicine. And um, we need to get networks where people from different sectors work together to solve problems. Yeah. This is what William Wilberforce was able to do with a Clapham community, which involves some very elite members of yeah. the British society yeah. two, uh, two centuries ago. Yeah. And then last of all, to have and identify somebody who is uh, a great model of 
virtue and sacrifice. Mm. Who can really embody the movement? Yeah. And uh, these are this is a model. Uh, this five part model I've developed, and I I repeat it regularly because I think these five things, when done by a group of people over a period of time, will bring about a kind of cultural reformation mm. that's along biblical lines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Bob Osborne. <laughs> it has been it has been a, a pleasure having you on the podcast. It's been my pleasure too. Morris. Yeah, I'll make sure I include uh, links to the uh, Wilberforce International Institute in the Great. description in the yeah in the show notes so that everybody can can find out more about you. Um, Great. Yeah. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Wow, what a great conversation with Dr. Osborne. One of the great benefits of having this job doing the podcast is I get to have conversations with great people talking about the impact that the Word of God has in so many different areas. It really widens your scope. And truth be told, the best conversations tend to happen when the cameras are not rolling, when the audio devices are not recording. I particularly love that the aim of Wilberforce International Institute is not just to know things in your head, but to live them out. It really is a worldview movement. He spoke about how there are so many people who graduate from universities with so much head knowledge in terms of what they can do, and yet the impact on their societies, on their neighborhoods, on their environment, on the people around them. I also love his point about subsistence farming and how uh, it is libertarian in nature. Who would have thought, right? That's something we need to dive into on a future episode. But the best thing, the huge takeaway from all of this is how the politician is the modern day witch doctor. They are the conduit. They are the people who bless and they are the people who curse. We need to go to their door in order to get anything done. And we subcontract love of neighbor to them. If we want children, it's from them. If we want health, it's from them. Education is for them. Jobs, it's from them. All of this stuff provided only by our modern-day witch doctors. We need to get out of this mindset completely. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. And the five elements that Dr. Osborne uh, gives as our way out of all of this, I really love this. The first one, focus on discipleship, right? Focus on discipleship. Replicate, multiply, be fruitful, fill the earth. We need to focus on discipleship. The world has this mentorship idea um, that it's going off the rails. Discipleship is focused around um, not just living life, but doing life with the word of God, with the worship of God as central in all things. It's not just about singing songs in church. It's a whole life ethic. The second one, help Christians to model the Christian worldview, which is what we are trying to do as anti-modern. We're trying to give you the tools, equip you, so that you can live out the Christian worldview everywhere that you are. The third one is to promote the widespread teaching of the Christian worldview, not just one-on-one, -on -one, but also at larger scale. The fourth, develop networks that take that tackle these problems. So if, if you see, it's just it's it it, it it's spreading. Discipleship is uh, two people together helping Christians. This is more community. Promote widespread teaching. It's spread out at a larger level. Develop networks at a much larger level. And the last one. Find a leader who will embody the movement, its virtues, its values, and you push on. Um, this one is more in terms of an, a network that you are putting together in terms of an organization, a group of people, so that you have somebody who is the standard bearer 
um, knowing that they can be fallible, but this is somebody who is the vision carrier to help take uh, the movement forward. Great stuff from Dr. Osborne. I'll put all the links uh, to Wilberforce International Institute in the show notes, as well as a couple of thoughts of my own. Um, I should be producing a blog this week about the same thing, so keep an eye on onesambewe.wordpress.com. Um, and now, let's hear what Mumbi has to say. Welcome to Keeping Up With The News on Nine Time Modern. This week's update is brought to you by Tradition to kick things off. University of Zambia students held a time-honored tradition this week when they staged a protest marching to State House. This protest was sparked by the students' discontentment over the current ghost law by the lecturers, bursary allowance omissions, and the closure of the library as they were preparing for the examinations. And on to another time-honored tradition, the wrath of Lord Shedda was once again upon us as the hour of darkness visited us. What am I talking about? We had a power interruption from Zesco. So next time your international friends complain about power cuts, here's how you answer them. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. And now for another tradition, though not one that we hold in any sort of esteem or respect or regard, the politically diseased, decaying, pungent, corrosive, putrefying, cancerous, morally bankrupt, cockiest, fruitiest, cosplay, racism, topic of tribalism, was necromanced from some abandoned sewer. Once again, um, why was it brought up? Why was it trending on Facebook and Twitter? Ah, who cares? Uh, moving on. Coming as no surprise to anyone, some Zambian travelers are falsifying COVID-19 results and vaccine certificates. <gasps> A list of other countries where COVID documentation forgery is probably taking place includes Afghanistan, Albania, Algeria, American Samoa, Andorra, Angola, Ecuador, Egypt, El Salvador, Equatorial Guinea, Fiji, Finland, France, Mali, Marshall Islands, Mauritius, Mauritania, United Arab Emirates, United Kingdom, United States, Uruguay, Zimbabwe, you, you get what we're saying, you, you get where we're going with this. This is like, yeah, who could have seen that one coming? Uh, to some sadder news now, the Disaster Management and Mitigation Unit, DDMU, on the Copperbell Province has advised residents to follow guidelines before building houses. The statement was made when DDMU coordinator George Akalemo visited 42 families that had roofs blown off and or houses demolished after a heavy hailstorm that happened in Russia. Uh, would this be the very rains and hailstorms that toppled some billboards in Osaka? Uh, probably. Um, so on this one, stay safe everyone, um, make sure you're safe, make sure you're okay, and uh, be sure to be aware of your surroundings. Uh, on the same, the Lusaka City Council has said they'll begin taking down all billboards that do not meet engineering standards. Um, here's to hoping that this will bridge 
some issues together. Huh? Huh? And now for some core Zambia core news. The Zambia government has successfully evacuated a number of Zambia nationals from Ethiopia following the escalating conflicts that are happening in the country of Ethiopia. Um, nothing witty to say here, no witty retorts, no witty remarks. Uh, let's just keep the country of Ethiopia in our prayers. We do have brothers and sisters all over the country of Ethiopia and we do pray that they are safe and kept. And now for a new segment on anti-modern, we are going to read our verse of the week and this week we are focusing on Isaiah chapter 45 from verse 7 to verse 9 which reads, I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Shower, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds rain down righteousness. Let the earth open, that salvation and righteousness may bear fruit. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to him who strives with him who formed him, a pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who formed it, What are you making? Or, Your work has no handles. That's a wrap for the news on anti-modern. Until next time, stay safe. Excellent stuff, Mumbi. I'll just latch on to one thread in all of this. The students. The students. Oh my goodness. The students from Unza doing the same old song and dance. When I saw video of the, uh, the protest, if you will, when the UNZASU president, the UNZA student union, that's UNZASU, um, the, the student union president is making all of these statements. I, I saw a video of them running um, through the university, trying to make their way to state house in order to make a statement. When I saw it, I knew just by watching that this will not get anything serious done. I knew I could see it. How, you ask? How could I see from a video that this movement has no legs? It's, it's, it, it, it has as much value as a fart in a bottle. It's, it's got nothing. How? Because of the dress code. That's right. Because of the dress code. I saw a number of students who are there saying, we want change, we want to do all of these things. And clearly you can tell these people do not mean business. Shorts track bottoms, slippers. It's all a game. It's all a joke. It's just, it's fun. It's, it's stress relief. It's not anything substantial. This is why nothing ever gets done right. There's no level of seriousness, nothing. It's all a game. It's all a joke. It's all just a waste of time. And this is why it always gets lame waste of time solutions. It's going to be a stopgap solution to get everything together. And we'll see you this time next year. So uh, well done, Unza students. I, I guess you've gotten what you wanted, right? The go slow is about to end. Um, some fees will be paid. And we'll see you this exact time next year with possibly another charlatan leading the line from the front, making all sorts of wild statements that get absolutely nothing done. Oh my goodness. It's almost like these people are unaware that they will eventually have children that they just might send to the university who will, be have, who will have to deal with this exact same nonsense. How about you try to win for once? 
not this not these games not this nonsense how about you actually try to win but now i guess that's asking too much that would require an actual coherent worldview but that's a topic for another day i guess i'll see you guys next time if you want to get in touch with me you can find me on twitter and instagram just search from once on Bewe, and i'm right there uh, give me your thoughts give me your feedback and we'll see you next time on Untime Modern.